Before we start this episode, I'd like to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Afe. She's our uh, top patron. You too can be an executive producer like Afe, just by uh, hopping over to Patreon. It's also TTIS Podcast over on Patreon. And signing up for an executive producer tier or any of the tiers below that and get cool merch and extra content. That'd really help us out. Now on to the show! Hey there, welcome back to The Truth is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast. Megan, what are we talking about today? Today we are going to talk about another set of murders. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm on a murder roll, I guess. Seriously. Uh, this time we're going to talk about the Ketty murders, though. Uh, Ketty's not the Ketty. family. It's just where they were murdered. Okay. Ketty? Where's Ketty located? Uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, so in the fall of 1980, recently separated Sue Sharp decided to move herself and her children from their home in Connecticut mm-hmm. to a new life in Northern California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there were five Sharp children. John, 15. Sheila, 14. Tina, 12. Rick, 10. And Greg, 5. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. That's their ages, right? Yep, that's you their ages. You just listed some numbers after. <laughs> that's their ages. Yes. Okay. Uh, they moved to a rural town called Ketty in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. And they rented out Cabin 28 in the Ketty Resort. You know, I'm kind of familiar with Northern California. I'm surprised I've never heard of this place. I had never heard of this place either. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So very, right. super rural. Um, yeah. On April 11th, 1981, Sheila spent the night, she's the 14-year-old girl, mm-hmm. Sheila spent the night with some friends in a nearby cabin, while okay. the rest of the family and two sleepover guests of their own stayed in cabin number 28. Mm-hmm. Sheila returned to cabin 28 around 7 a.m. and found her mother, brother John, and his friend Dana bound with electrical tape and laying in a pool of blood. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, The next room contained Rick, Greg, and their friend Justin, who were all alive and unharmed. But Tina, the 12-year-old, was nowhere to be found. Obviously she did it. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously it was her. Tina did it. I actually, that was the same thought I had. I was like, please don't tell me the 12-year-old brutally murdered, like, oh, half man. of her family. That would be pretty atrocious. That would be awful. So, uh, Sue, John, and Dana, the friend, had been mm-hmm. tortured before being brutally murdered. Ugh. Police found a bloodied hammer and a knife that was bent because it had been driven into the victim so hard. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, so I wrote that the police found a bloodied hammer... But I feel like I got ahead of myself by saying that because they didn't find it, actually. They did not find the hammer until much, much later. Oh. So I don't know why I wrote that they found a bloodied hammer. Disregard that. They did not find a bloodied hammer. They did find a knife that was bent because it had been driven into the victim so hard. Oh, okay. But they they knew that they... The the marks were so indicative of a hammer. They okay. did not find a so hammer. So they knew that a hammer was used. They knew that a hammer was used. Um... But the hammer will come into play later, I'm assuming. The hammer will come into play later. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it was that the, the article I started with was maybe not the most reputable, and then I moved to a different article. Okay. And so I think that I got my hairs crossed a little. Okay. All Sorry. Right. Sorry. All we know is that there's going to be a little hammer play later. There's some hammer play. Um, blood splatter covered the walls, floor, Thor and furniture. What? Thor would be excited. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, blood splatters that covered... Uh... The, the walls, walls 
uh-huh. floors and furniture. Wow. Yep. That's a lot of blood all over. That is a lot of blood. Uh, so it indicates that the gruesome murder had taken place right there in the living room of the cabin. Okay. Um, John was bound in electrical tape and his throat had been split. Split. Slit. Slit. Split. Uh, his ankle was bound to Dana's ankle with wire. And That's... Dana's head had been caved in by severe blunt force and mm. placed on a pillow. <laughs> Just to make up for the... <laughs> The blunt force. I know. Mm. Um, he also showed signs of having been strangled. Okay. Yeah, like having his head caved in wasn't enough. Wow, just someone came in. How did... I wonder, this sounds like this had to have been more than one person. Yeah, that's the that's the theory. Yeah, because this is crazy. Because one person I don't think could have not easily done no. this kind of damage. No. Not to... How old was Justin? 15? Yeah. Yeah, 15 John. and two adults. John was 15, and Dana was somewhere around the same age, and then mm-hmm. Sue was an so adult. So maybe you'll get to it, but what's the deal with the kids in the other room completely unharmed? I'll get to it. Okay. I promise. Okay. I'm still describing how horrible this is, This though. is pretty horrible. So yeah. Sue had been stripped from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And gagged with her own underwear and electrical tape. Ugh. Yep. She had defensive injuries, like, on her her mm-hmm. hands and her arms. And her head had been struck with the butt of a pellet gun, and her throat was also slashed. And she had been covered with a blanket. Okay. Um, all three bodies showed evidence of having been struck multiple times with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And all three were ultimately killed by a combination of hammer strikes and stabbings. This is pretty horrible. Awful fucking awful mm-hmm. um it's so awful actually that the plumas county patrol commander rod decrone said quote they stabbed and pounded on everything in visible sight the walls the people the furniture everything there was blood sprayed absolutely everywhere you knew right away we were involved with a psychopath yeah end quote holy crap i know holy crap i know and i was like i can't believe i've never heard of this right because we didn't live that far from Northern California, really. Not originally. Um, Sheriff Doug Thomas called the Sacramento Department of Justice for help. Because right. obviously, like, this is, a, yeah. this is a big deal for, like, a little small town, mm-hmm. small county police uh, police force. Well, if they're calling Sacramento, they're not, like, super northern. I mean, that's considered Northern California. But you're right, not super northern. Yeah, they're not more, like, like central northern. Well, southern northern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Department of Justice sent two special agents with the organized crime unit. Mm-hmm. Um, as police investigated further, they found that the phone had been left off the hook and the drapes were drawn. Sure. And blood was found on the bottom of the victim's shoes, indicating that they had stumbled around after being attacked. So, like, they had been still standing. Yeah. Um, there was no evidence regarding where Tina could have been during the attack or where she might have gone, mm-hmm. but it was determined that Rick, Greg, and their friend Justin had slept through the entire thing, despite it happening in the next room over. How? I mean, kids will sleep through a lot of things, right? Like, younger kids will, for I sure. I guess, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. also, none of the people in the neighboring cabins claimed to have heard anything. So, yeah. it was, like, a pretty quiet attack. Um, one couple thought that they might have heard muffled screaming, but it wasn't enough to keep them awake and they just went back to sleep. Sure, sure. So, um, there was no sign of forced entry, which led police to believe that, like, Sue knew who they were. Maybe, yeah. Um, and the only fingerprints found were on the railing of the back stairs, and they didn't, like, link back to anybody. And at that time, DNA wasn't a Mm. thing. Not, yeah. 
Like, not like we have today. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't just run DNA and find somebody. So the police are obviously, they're lost. Um, they have no initial suspect, no motive, and no concrete evidence to tie anyone to the crime. Sure. And the first theory they came to was that it was a random, senseless crime. But this is, like, a lot. To it be is random a lot. and senseless. I don't know. I, I think if someone is a psychopath and just is going... Yeah. And to do that. But if it's random and senseless, like if it's a psychopath and it's random and senseless, you'd think they'd clear the rest of the house. They did what they wanted to. Maybe they didn't think there was anyone else in it. Sure, maybe. But where'd the little girl go then? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. She's just missing. Yeah, she's just missing. And then there was the girl that was over at her friend's house, Sheila. Yeah, and she came back home and and found them. Oh, God. I know. Fourteen. Jeez. I I don't... I don't think the age matters. You... You come home and find that. Yeah. Period. That's just horrible. Yeah, 14 sucks, and she's got a lot. She's got, you know, she's got to live with that for the rest of her life, but, like, I don't know. You could tell me that an 87-year-old came home and found that, and I would still feel bad for them. Yeah, no, but I just think it sucks because she's got a lifetime worth of, like, therapy to yeah. pay for now. Yeah, I guess. That's just... Ugh. Yeah. So, um... So that was Sheila, right? Sheila was the one that came back. Yes, Sheila was the one that came back. And Tina's the girl Tina's that's, the missing. that's missing. And then the boys were asleep in the room. The two youngest boys. The oldest you... boy died. Uh, the youngest boy died, yeah, yeah. Oldest mm-hmm. boy died. The, young, oldest. the two littlest yes, were yes. asleep. Yes, and the youngest, the two youngest were, okay. Yes. Got it? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's a little bit to keep track of. It is. It's a lot of people. I know. Uh-huh. Um, Justin, the friend of the two youngest boys who was sleeping over, mm-hmm. he, um, they hypnotized him to see if, like... They could jog anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, police work was different in the 80s. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. When you get to that point, I wouldn't be surprised if they, what, what throw the kitchen sink at it, right? Yeah. So he, under hypnosis, uh, admitted that he had seen Sue with two men that night. Mm-hmm. And one of the men had a mustache and long hair, and the other had short hair and was clean shaven. Okay. Um, and Justin claimed that one of them had a hammer and Sue had an argument with one of them before it escalated to physical violence and Tina was kidnapped by the other one. Oh, yep. okay. The police made composite sketches based on Justin's memory, but it ultimately led nowhere during that time period. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I just wonder what did that kid pick up from hearsay? Yeah. You're right. Because, like, under hypnosis... That's something you could really kind of lead the horse to water kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I It's tough. I So I believe in, I mean, hypnosis, is, I think, is a, a pretty real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be pretty willing to do it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think that maybe kids have really active imaginations. And if they, he heard, oh, you know, we're pretty sure a hammer was used. Yeah. And, you know... The girl's missing, and she was kidnapped, and they we're pretty sure there was two of them, and suddenly now they're... Yeah, if he just overheard somebody talking mm-hmm. about Hypnotizing it, or like his him parents talking about it, he's, or... He's saying in this hypnosis what he thinks they want to hear. Sure. That makes sense. It's perfectly logical. Um, several suspects were investigated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the biggest was Justin's stepfather... So Justin is the friend of the littlest yeah, boys. Yeah. Uh, Justin's stepfather, Martin Smart, and his roommate, John Bodeby. Um, John was an ex-convict and was suspected of having connections to organized crime. 
Okay. And Smart admitted that he had a hammer go missing shortly before the murders, but he didn't have a clue where it had gone. So is this just like a regular ball-peen hammer, or...? Yeah, just like a regular old, yeah, everyone has one in their house hammer. Okay, okay. Um, Police also looked into a man that had skipped town just after the murders, because that's super suspicious. Mm -hmm. And even a couple of serial killers who were active during that time, but there was never enough evidence to investigate any of the suspects seriously. Like, there was just not enough evidence. Okay. Um, Tina remained missing despite several intense searches. Nobody found her. Mm-hmm. But then on April 22nd, 1984, three years later, yeah. a man stumbled upon a human skull around 100 miles away at Camp 18 near Feather Falls, California. So I know where Feather Falls is. Okay. So it's really not 100 miles away. Yeah, yeah. Um, investigators found a child's blanket, jeans missing a back pocket, a blue jacket, and an empty surgical tape dispenser with the skull. And right after the discovery, the police received an anonymous phone call claiming that it was the remains of Tina. Oh. Um, and then after testing, indeed, that was her skull. Wow. Yep. Um, police thought that it was likely that she had been kidnapped and murdered by whoever had murdered her mother and brother. Right. But, uh, they weren't any closer to solving the mystery. Like, it didn't, that didn't actually help. I would almost wonder if the kidnappers had some sort of conscience and didn't think they could kill a little girl. Um, generally speaking, um, children and little girls mm-hmm. tend to be less likely to be killed. They, they garner more sympathy from people. So maybe they felt, you know, like they couldn't kill her and kidnapped her instead. And, and then, then realized, her later? Uh, yeah, and realized, what are we going to do with her? Yeah. We have to just kill her. We we can't. We can't let her go. That's she cannot true. go. We have to kill her. And then finally they talk themselves into doing it. Yeah, maybe. It's yeah. not it's not a bad theory. Mm, it's a thought. Um, Cabin 28 was demolished in 2004. And the case stayed cold until 2013, when uh, Plumish Sheriff Greg Hagwood, or Hagwood, mm-hmm. either one, and Special Investigator Mike Gamberg reopened it. Okay. So it's in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recording of the anonymous caller was actually never used in the investigation. Like, the only reason we know about it was because in 2013, they found it at the bottom of an evidence box what? at the sheriff's office, and it had never been noted in any of the investigations. That's ridiculous. Like, they didn't use, like, that's fucking stupid. So stupid. Yeah. Um, so they found it in the bottom of an evidence box. And then in 2016, a hammer was found in a dried up pond bed. Oh. And it was thought to be the same hammer used in the murders and possibly Martin Smart's missing hammer. I mean, but how do you tell? I don't know. That is that is what the special investigator says, is that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's likely. possible. It mm-hmm. is likely that hammer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was like some evidence on it's it. It's a hammer. It's one of those know. hard things that I say. Yeah. How, how can you tell? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the new investigators started to find new evidence surrounding Martin Smart, mm-hmm. Justin's stepfather. Yeah. Um, most notably, Marilyn Smart, had uh, the wife, had left Martin due to domestic abuse on the very day of the murders. Oh. And she had then received a letter from Martin that read, quote, I've paid the price of your love, and now that I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through. Great. What else do you want? End quote. Wow. When when did she receive this letter? Like, shortly after. Because she left him the day of the murders, and then she got a letter, like, in the mail, basically. And then what did she do with that letter? Um, she gave it to the police. And then he just disappeared? No. What happened then? The police said that it wasn't good evidence, and they buried it in the bottom of a box. 
I mean, I can see why that's not great evidence, but still, it's the best you have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the original investigators didn't follow up on the letter at all. They just said, oh, it's garbage evidence, and they buried it, and then they didn't follow up on it. That's ridiculous. Yep. It gets worse. This so far just sounds like negligence. Or something worse. Or something worse? Or something worse. Do you think it was one of the police officers? Uh, I think there, there's a good chance police were involved. Okay. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, in 2016, Sheila Sharp went on record and said that Martin Smart and John Bodabay, or Bodabi, Bodaba, that's a very weird last okay. name, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had been told by authorities to get out of town after the killings. So the police told them to go. Get oh. out. Get out of town. Wow, wait um, for things to blow over. Yeah, and it turned out that Martin Smart was really good friends with the sheriff at that time. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, investigators in later years have derided the investigation as sloppy and not thorough, and obviously this feels like a cover-up to a lot of people. Like, this isn't just okay. sloppiness or, yeah. like, negligence. This is, like, you Intentional. intentionally did not investigate yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's theories about what happened that night. The most widely accepted theory is that there was a love triangle between Martin, Marilyn, and Sue. Okay. Um, it's generally believed that Martin and Sue were having an affair. Okay. And that Sue was trying to get Marilyn to leave Martin because Martin was an abusive asshole. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when Martin realized that Sue was double-crossing him, he enlisted the help of John Bodabay okay. to kill Sue. Sure. All right. So this explains why the boys in the other room were untouched and gives context to the letter Martin sent to Marilyn, right? Right, right. That adds um, up. Because they were just there to kill the mom, but because there were two other people in the room with mom, mm-hmm. and then, well, I don't know how Tina comes into it. Like, Tina came out of her room for a glass of water. Yeah. I don't know. And they were like, well, shit, now there's another witness. We got to get out of here, right? Right. Um, so that is the theory that has the most credence with investigators now and with uh-huh. with people internet sleuths in general right um special investigator mike gamberg thinks it actually goes deeper than that mm-hmm. and he believes that the sheriff's department in the 80s covered up the crime so like the special investigator that's working on this cold case literally thinks that the sheriff's office had a hand in it okay um he says that martin was a known drug dealer and that john was connected to chicago crime syndicates that uh had specific financial ties to drug distribution. Well, okay, so I'm curious, because I haven't, there hasn't been anything said about him being a drug dealer before, so. That's because he was besties with the sheriff. Right, so, like, how was he a known drug dealer then? I'm assuming that it had to do with his record. Okay, I I, I guess, it just seems like, uh, I don't know if maybe it's, I don't know, I can't uh, tell yeah, yeah. That's what the special investigator okay, says. He okay. was a known drug dealer. A known drug dealer. And he was in with the sheriff's office at the time, so it, that obviously didn't make it into the file. Okay, okay? yeah. All yeah. right. Um, and But John, the roommate, was, like, in the file, was already said, like, oh, well, he's connected to, like, the mafia, basically. Okay. So he's connected to Chicago crime syndicates. Mm-hmm. And the special investigator says that those crime syndicates were actually, um, they had, like, a vested interest in drug di- distribution on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why he was here, not in oh, Chicago. sure. Right? And Martin was dealing the drugs, so there's all, like, some weird little organized crime ring going on there, it Sounds right? like it. Which totally explains, I don't know if you picked this up when I said 
what the DOJ sent before. But the DOJ sent two special agents with the organized crime unit, not the homicide unit. Oh. So the Department of Justice was like, we know these people are in that area. Yeah. And we've been watching them, right? So we're going to send the organized crime people. So uh, Gamberg thinks that those agents might also have been, like, crooked, Mm -hmm. essentially corrupt uh, special agents who were working the organized crime unit, and so we're helping the sheriff's office to cover everything up. That sounds like, I mean, these are, this ties it up so nicely and in a bow. It just seems too coincidental that they also happen to be part of it. I don't know, that's actually a pretty common thing, especially, like, in older cases. Mm -hmm. It was really common for the people who were working the organized crime units to actually be so, like, invested in organized crime, because... That's where the money is, right? They don't make any money being a like a special agent. Sure. But they can make shit tons of money by being in the pockets of the mob. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's just maybe it's one of those situations where everyone who was corrupt just happened to be working on the same thing. Or maybe it's not about corruption, but they needed Martin John uh, Martin and John free so that they could catch more of the crime syndicate, right? Sure. Like, we need them to continue doing what they're doing so they lead us to other places. Okay. I mean, that makes more sense. And if four people died in the process, then four people died in the process. Yeah. Because that's actually a pretty common thing too, right? Yeah, I know. We kind of touched on that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, uh, Luna and how um, there was a good chance that the FBI was trying to cover up his death a little bit just because uh, they don't want that. They don't want to be uh, undercover, uncovered. Yeah. I'm having a hard time talking. You are. Words Blah. are hard. Yeah, but anyway, so I, I mean, I think that that's logical. It's definitely a, it's definitely probable, and it's not unheard of. So, yeah. um, case isn't over yet, though. As okay. of January of this year, Gamberg and Sheriff Hagwood are still working the case, and have been able to make use of our upgraded DNA technology, which oh, that's is pretty great. great. Yeah, uh, and both Martin and John are dead. Oh, but there have been DNA matches to suspects that are still alive. Okay. And Gamberg and Hagwood believe that more than two people were involved with the murder. They sure. think that it took more than two people to do what happened. Well, I mean, that's that's three people in there. And unless they just happen to get a hammer to everyone's head right away. Plus which, the little girl who never yeah. screamed and woke up the rest of the kids. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it would make sense that there would be more than two. And it uh, That seems like with that, all those people seems like overkill to kill one woman, though. Yeah, it does. That, I mean, it... If we're if we're talking, if there was a love triangle, if Sue was sleeping with Martin, maybe she found out something she shouldn't have known, and so it was like a syndicate hit rather yeah. than just I mean, like a oh you double cross me you dumb woman. That's like, that's what I was that's what I was thinking is that there we've got something much greater than just a double cross because yeah. to send. I mean, two people is is one thing. I don't know. Even sending two two people on something that's not that's but, not psychopath work anymore. Yeah, and it's like also there's something strangely personal about what happened to her, with sure. her being like stripped below the waist and yeah. having like. So I feel like that does lend credence to the idea that maybe she double crossed him and they were like having an affair of some sort. Mm-hmm. But I think that this had to have been more than that for how brutal the murders were of everyone in the room. Right. Because if it if it was just her that had been brutalized and the other two were, like, killed execution style just because they were there, that would make more sense. But, like, that was a very brutal murder of all three of those people. It really was. And I just, I feel like, um, 
I mean, they probably went in there and had fun, you Oof. know? Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Um, and I think that explains why they wouldn't check the other rooms, because why? You got the job done, get out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, sure, they could try to go into the other rooms and figure something else, and, and figure out if there's anyone else in there, but what's the point, mm-hmm. you know? Because as of right now, they don't know you're there, obviously, because nobody came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, that's, um, I, this is a messed up story. <laughs> it really is a messed up story. It's a horrible story. Yeah. But I found, like, the mystery of it kind of intriguing and, like, the conspiracy of, like, obviously there had to have been a cover-up. Like, I don't think that that was just gross negligence. I think that there was something intentional going on there with the sheriff. I... It's just, it's too crazy to me that that stuff was just found in the bottom of police boxes and these investigators now are like, what the fuck? I, yes and no. I feel like, wouldn't that stuff just completely disappear? Well, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's like, it feels like too much to me. And then on top of that, the investigator who's handling it now is like, oh yeah, this was a cover-up for sure. Sure. I mean, I'm not arguing that it doesn't sound like a cover-up, but it it definitely, there's negligence, gross negligence, (laughs) uh, even if we're talking intentional or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's true that the sheriff did tell those two men to get out of town, that right there. Even if they didn't actually do it, say it was somebody else, even if they weren't involved right, at all, right. that sheriff is still trying to cover something up. Right. Well, maybe not that he's trying to cover something up so much as he's just, me. he's friends and he's just, he's trying to help his friends out. Um, but still, I mean, that doesn't excuse it. No. Um, it just, I, I don't know. Well, it's, it's pretty disgusting. I really think that it was a group of people and I think that, um... Organized crime sounds probable. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think it was more than just... They obviously didn't send their best, best hitman for the job, because this is pretty messy, but... Right. Uh, but again, like I said, maybe they went and had fun. Ugh. Yeah. Fun. I think Disneyland is fun. The, I know... <laughs> Like, to the the idea that this is somebody else's Disneyland is really freaky to me. That's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It's pretty nasty. I... Hey, you know, teach their own, right? <laughs> no. No, this is not one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay, well, that's what I got. Okay, yeah, that's, uh... Sorry for the depressing one, you that's guys. That's a rough one. Sorry. That's, that's rough. Hey, we talked about Disneyland, though. Yeah, yeah. I brought it back, right? I brought it right. home. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone just rides the rides differently. Yeah. If if you want to want to yell at me about picking something so terrible and somehow linking it back to Disneyland, you can do that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. And you can also uh, give us episode suggestions through that as well. Yeah. Also, join the Facebook group. Right. TTIS Podcast Group. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear about. We have actually had people suggest in the group, and I have done episodes on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, everything else that you possibly need to know is at thetruthissomewhere.com. The links to everything. The links to the Patreon is there. The links to the merchandise is there. It's all there. Everything's there. Find us, you guys. Yeah, guys. Unfortunately, there's no truth in this episode. No, Just but it's somewhere. a lot of questions. a lot of questions. <laughs>